Welcome to the Daily Horror Habit Podcast. I'm your host, Jay Krieger, bringing you daily reviews of currently streaming horror movies for your twisted pleasure. Be aware that these reviews may include mild spoilers. And as always, I hope you enjoy. Listen, here at Daily Horror Habit, we talk horror, but we also talk about movies and series that fall underneath the wide umbrella of horror-adjacent entertainment. This may mean a particular work is not a traditional horror film or series, or even scary for that matter, but it certainly borrows elements from the genre. So I get how you might be skeptical of a review of a Star Wars series that's known for its adorable puppetry and its western aesthetic, but trust me, The Mandalorian Season 2 premiere is a full-blown creature feature spectacle, and it is very much worthy of your time. This past week, we saw the return of Disney Plus's Hall of Fame caliber Star Wars series, The Mandalorian, for its second season. Following Mando, a Mandalorian warrior and bounty hunter who's tasked in Season 1 with reuniting the kid, aka Baby Yoda as affectionately referred to by the internet, with his own kind. Mando's search for other Mandalorians to aid him in locating the kid's species takes him to good old Tatooine of all places. Once arriving on Tatooine, Mando learns that the Mandalorian rumored to live there is an imposter, a self-imposed marshal of a small mining village who dons the Mandalorian armor. This is significant for two reasons. We get an excellent cameo from everyone's favorite cowboy, Timothy Oliphant the God. The Marshal's Mandalorian armor will be familiar to any Star Wars fan, as it originally belonged to none other than Boba Fett. Moments before Mando and the Marshal gun one another down, as is Mando's duty to return the armor to his guild, the entire mining village is shaken by a violent earthquake. But as is usually the case with the Star Wars universe, something fantastical is afoot. And here is where the almost hour-long episode explodes into a full-blown Star Wars creature feature in the same vein as Ron Underwood's 1990 sci-fi horror cult classic, Tremors. The Marshal informs Mando that a crate dragon, a monster resembling a prehistoric sandworm, ravages the mining village, eating their bantas and raining destruction down upon the miners' way of life. The duo strike a deal that the Marshal will relinquish his armor if Mando agrees to help him kill the Cryat. It's a fairly simplistic premise, though it's the effects team's attention to detail in giving the cryat the horrifying presentation it deserves that fully makes this a brash dose of creature feature fun. The cryat is simply magnificent in all its terrifying kaiju-esque glory. You feel it before you see it, the ground shaking, and then you see its bony spine-like fins breach the sand, often making a beeline for whichever livestock or man is standing around. This is our initial look at the beast, though it's never fully revealed until the episode's later half. A nuanced approach to a creature feature, not unlike the best of horror films. We then leave the immediate attack of the cryat momentarily, as the episode shifts focus from the immediate threat to the immediate need of additional allies. Mando might be a famed Mandalorian warrior, and the Marshal's pretty good with a blaster, but they're outgunned and outnumbered, with the cryat being the equivalent of a thousand, or even ten thousand men. The premiere episode has a smart approach to reinterpreting one of Star Wars' most misunderstood groups, the Sand People. Often portrayed in the films as mindless savages, with the original film certainly echoing serious colonist portrayals of indigenous people, and yet just before a fight breaks out, Mando opts for the path of least resistance and breaks bread rather than blaster fire with a group of Sand People. This portrayal of a multicultural Mando knowing how to speak their language shows he isn't just a brute with a gun but has a versatile bag of tricks up his sleeve other than wrist-mounted rockets. He acts as the mediator between the Marshal, representing the Miners, and the Sand People whom have had battles in the past. This neutral approach is at the core of a Western, the gunslinger who is impartial decides so long as he gets what he wants, 
yet his respect for honor, by simply not gunning the marshal down and taking the armor for himself, speaks to his strengths as a protagonist. Also, you know, it stops the episode from being a whopping 10 minutes long. But back to the beast. Once the alliance has been made, the sand people and miners put aside their differences temporarily to slay the dragon for the benefit of both parties. The beast slumbers within a massive cave that the sand people often supply with bantas so as it will sleep longer, staving off the next inevitable attack on one of their camps. Much like in luring out a dragon in a fairy tale, a sand person leads a banta to the mouth of the cave, nailing a post into the ground so as the bait won't bolt. But naturally, as the sand person flees, the towering monolithic dragon springs from beneath the earth, showing off a hellish mouth of chompers, swallowing them whole. But as with any quality monster, this beast is not just a one-trick pony. As the initial assault begins, the creature reveals it can spew waves of disintegrating acid that melts miners and sand people in their tracks. It's worth mentioning that, as per usual, no expense is spared on the CGI for The Mandalorian and what is some of the coolest creature effects I've seen on the small screen, honestly giving big screen monsters a run for their money. The creature's abilities don't stop there. Its underground tunneling allows it to scale mountaintops undetected, only to circle behind its prey or sprout from the summit of a mountain and rain hellfire acid down onto those it considers its next meal. I find the Tremors comparison an apt one due to the ebb and flow of characters evolving with the ways in which the monster adapts to their attacks. The simple solution never being the easiest and all parties involved must get creative in their solutions for defeating one another. Listen, I was going to be all in on the second season of The Mandalorian regardless of it having a creature feature focus for its premiere episode. This is just a cherry on top that makes my horror heart happy and hopeful that Star Wars leans in this direction more so in the future. The universe is ripe with horror-adjacent storytelling potential in ways that few are, and the season 2 premiere proves that in splendid fashion. And that'll do it for another episode of Daily Horror Habit. I'll see you guys tomorrow for more Daily Horror movie reviews. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to Daily Horror Habit on your preferred streaming service and follow at Daily Horror Habit on Instagram and at Daily Horror Pod on Twitter.